Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today Breakfast Briefing. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Monday the 28th of March and as usual with all the information contained in this briefing it is general advice only. So please do your own research. Contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this briefing. And if you need to, you can always pause the slideshow here and read our disclaimer in full. And if you're listening on a podcast wherever you are in this wonderful world, then you can, of course, tune in to marcustoday.com.au on our website and read the disclaimer there. All right, well, a little bit of an uh, interesting start in store for us today. Spy Futures closing up 33 points, or 0.45%, but we'll see if that is actually going to hold. We do have the budget, of course, tomorrow night, so plenty in the papers today on leakage from that in terms of what's going to be in there. But it really is setting up the um, federal election. In US markets on Friday night, we had the Dow up 153 points or 0.44%, 34861, bit of a late rally there. We had the NASDAQ down 23 or 0.16 of a percent, 14,169. The S&P 500 actually outperforming the lot of them. No middle for diddle for the S&P 500, up 23 points. 45.43. The market did have a bit of a swoon earlier in the day as uh, we saw oil prices kick higher on an attack in Saudi Arabia. We had Brent crude up uh, $1.62, 120 1.36%. WTI settling up $1.56 or 1.39%, 113.90. But uh, the market did swoon, but it did rally back towards the close and some. Uh, I guess some optimism that maybe things are shifting a little bit in Ukraine as well, playing into that, and plenty of Fed chiefs out and about as well on Friday, talking interest rates and the U.S. economy. The VIX index closed down one point, or nearly four percent, to twenty-one. Certainly, that is moderating and coming back into more normal kind of uh, trading range. Eighteen, nineteen is kind of the long-term average. Uh, on the VIX index. So uh, it's certainly coming back to that, which is kind of surprising given the uh, the elevated risks there are in the world. But we did see commodity prices better, well, at least slightly better. Brent crude, as I say, up uh, 1.36%. Gold, though, fell 0. 0.16, $3.20, 1954.20. Iron ore up $1.16, or 0.78%, to uh, just over $150 US dollars a tonne. Looking at other commodities, we had copper down 0.7%, nickel down at nearly 5%, still winging around that one at the moment, but um, certainly the volatility is getting less. Uh, we did see that big fall after the big spike and the, and the close of trade for some week and a bit uh, before it came back on a couple of down days with limit down, then a limit up day, and now we're sort of heading back down a little bit. Still 35500 though in terms of US dollars per tonne, so not exactly cheap. So we certainly have got some uh, some ways to fall if it comes back to where it was pre the big short squeeze. Aluminium up 0.6, zinc up 1.1, lead up 0.3, tonne down 1.2%. Mining stocks overseas on Friday, BHP and ADRs was up 1.4%, Rio up 1.6%. 
Freeport up 0.9, Alcoa down 3.3%, Tech down 0.4, Anglo up 1, Glencore up 1.1, Vale down 0.4, and Albemarle up 1.6% there. Here you can see the S&P 500, that bit of a swoon uh, midday, fighting its way back and closing up towards its highs in a bit of a late push. It was Friday, a bit of a book squaring in front of the weekend, and of course anything could happen over the weekend, but not really much has happened, I guess, although there is some uh, focus on a uh, kind of a splitting of the Ukraine uh, being Putin's goal now uh, to cut the country in half and have a Russian half and the Ukrainian half with the neutrality there, but uh, I'd imagine that over the years he'd try and creep again. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out, but certainly tragic events as always, or as we've seen recently in Ukraine over the weekend. Major stories on uh, Friday and over the weekend. President Biden says the Russian President Putin cannot remain in power, and then the White House later said it does not seek regime change. This is obviously something they would like to see, but they're not actively promoting uh, given the uh, the interference, I guess, with Russia into the U.S. elections and the midterms coming up in November. Maybe the Russians are saving their cyber power uh, or cyber powder uh, to uh, to interfere with the U.S. midterm elections, which is going to be very interesting, especially given the huge war chest that Trump has and uh, the Republican Party at the moment. The Secretary of State Blinken says U.S. not trying to topple the Russian President Putin. Yeah, right. Uh, European officials react to Biden's comment with a mix of rejection and admiration, and Ukrainian forces are making a successful counteroffensive. The U.S. Special Envoy for Iran says not confident nuclear deal between Tehran and other world powers is imminent. So that's enough from geopolitics, I think. Uh, the latest batch of Fed speaks leave Wall Street scrambling to ratchet up expectations for the near-term tightening path. The markets starting to behave like they expect the U.S. economy to avoid a contraction and expand. And Biden is proposing a new 20% minimum tax on America's wealthiest households as part of a fiscal 2023 budget. Yep, good luck with that if the midterms don't go his way. China's Sinopec suspends joint venture talks with Russia over sanction fears. And destruction demand is becoming a concern for food, fuels, plastic, metals. In fact, lots of things threatening a global recession. And Chinese industrial profit growth accelerates the first two months of the year. What to expect today? Well, the SPY obviously showing a 33-point gain. But I'd be surprised to see if it was that good today. But you never know your luck in a big city. But uh, certainly some, I guess, some caution ahead of the federal budget tomorrow which comes out 7pm, although most of the good stuff usually is leaked well and truly beforehand. But I suspect we'll have a quietish Monday and Tuesday before that budget is brought down. So commodity stocks might be relatively firm. We are seeing those banks still holding up relatively well, but uh, a quiet day, I think, in store. Over in Europe, we had the stocks 50 up 0.1, FTSE up 0.2, CAX down 0.03, DAX up 0.2. There you go. Volatility is eking out of the system at the moment. And we are seeing that volatility, the VIX index, come off as volatility is starting to wane. And you do tend to get that, 
a little bit after you have massively volatile periods. A lot of people then uh, have got wounds to go and lick. And as a result, uh, volumes do tend to dry up. We're certainly seeing that in Australia. And we have seen that in the US as well, with volumes lower than average as players sort of pull back to the sidelines, evaluate where things are going. And that level of uh, uncertainty persists and they're not really willing to play the game. And that's showing up in that VIX, which is coming off uh, despite the level of uncertainty, increasing in some respects, but people not really prepared to pay up for options pricing because the volatility may well have passed, at least for the time being. In the papers today, the AFR says the chess replacement program will be delayed again for the fourth time. This is the most costly and long-running blockchain project, a very ambitious project from the CEO Dominic Stevens, who is now leaving the building. He's uh, resigned recently, but it was reported that both Dominic and my old mucker Damien Roach, who is the chairman now of the ASX, um, had to, uh, a quick visit to New York to discuss progress on the blockchain project to turn chess into that uh, that new blockchain technology. Uh, it's expected to be announced that there will be a six-month or even maybe a 12-month delay. I think it was due April 2023, maybe the 12th of never for that. But um, yes, a bit of a blow, I guess, for those proponents of the blockchain. 10-year yields in the US, 2.47. Australia, 2.77. Germany, 0.58%. And the S&P 500 has risen 99, let's call it 100%, 99% from the COVID-19 trough in March 2020. And we have seen capital flows into US equity funds of around 93 billion US dollars since the start of the year. Retail money has definitely been buying the dip yet again in equities as they... Um, as they look for places to put their money, but certainly that retail capital has been flowing in. Although the great bond route continues, US 10-year yields have risen from 1.51 to nearly 2.5% since the beginning of this year, and their return on government bonds on track for its worst year since 1949. That's uh, interesting, isn't it? Worst year since 1949, the Bloomberg Global Aggregate Bond Index. Easy for you to say. It's down 6.6% this year so far. And the Ned Davis Research Unit has cut its 2022 GDP growth estimate for the Eurozone to 2.7% from 4%. Europe does have a real risk of stagflation. Energy prices there are going absolutely nuts, four or five times what they were a year ago. So that is certainly affecting the market. Rishi Rishi Sunak. Uh, brought down a budget last week in the UK and gave some tax relief on fuel excise, which we're expected to get here today. But it is a mere uh, drop in the ocean, considering when I think April the 1st kicks around, uh, the UK uh, energy prices are going to go up by around 52% odd uh, for uh, electricity. So that is going to be a bit of a kick in the guts for a lot of people. Uh, MG is now the number two brand behind Tesla in Australia. It's interesting, isn't it? They're certainly the cheapest EV in Australia, and they're now the number two brand in terms of EV sales in Australia. And Morgan's, the broker says, iron ore is in good shape, but it faces headwinds. And AP Eagers, or I think it's now called Eagers Automotive, is looking to recycle the recent sale of Bill Buckle. Bill Buckle is my local big car dealer on the northern beaches of Sydney. Uh, down in Brookvale, and they've sold that, and they're going to be using the money, they say, for other acquisitions. Strangely, they don't think the Northern Beaches is a convenient location for people to buy cars. 
I would have thought it's very convenient for people on the northern beaches, but there you go. I clearly didn't fit in with their game plan. Question of the day today. This is stock specific. Where to for CSL? Is it a good buy here? We're all told that CSL is the great Australian story, and it is almost un-Australian not to be a shareholder of CSL. It has been a massive success story since its listing as the Commonwealth Serum Laboratory, but it's fair to say it has languished in recent times and hasn't really kicked. And of course, they have done a seriously uh, dilutive capital raise recently and a big, big, big SPP to take over the uh, the global pharmaceutical company Vifor, which doesn't have too many synergies with CSL. So what are your thoughts at the moment on CSL? Is it a buy here or is it one that is really still struggling and there are other opportunities and better opportunities elsewhere? Well, that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. Always, as always, it's great to have your company. You can head on over to the Facebook discussion group. We'd love to have your thoughts, ideas, or insights. And if you're looking for other streams of wonderful consciousness from the Marcus Today team, you can head on over and sign up to the Marcus Strategy Podcast, which is the Fly on the Wall morning meeting at the On the Desk Podcast, where the team in Melbourne discuss all things financial and my On the Couch podcast. And last week, I sat down with Daniel Pickering, talking crypto and Bitcoin specifically with Daniel. Um, Certainly if you're new to crypto or even just vaguely interested, it's a relatively easy place to start. And also this week, I'll be bringing out a podcast I did with Bernard Rowe, who is the CEO of Ion Ear, Ear, which is a lithium project at Realite Ridge in Nevada. has some environmental issues, which are pretty well known with Teams Buckwheat being on the site, but uh, certainly something the company is dealing with and very bullish going forward uh, with uh, their funding options, offtake agreements, etc. So that stock remains for me quite interesting. But that's it from me today. Thanks very much for listening. And of course, if you're interested in the Ask the Analyst session that we had on Friday, there is the recording and uh, certainly that will be in the newsletter. It wasn't in over the weekend and it will be in again today for that link to catch up on that pod, uh, well, that webinar rather. But that's it. Have a great day. May the trading gods be with you.